Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know those cold northern winds going to be blowing across our Great Plains. And if you're feeling the shiveries brr, inside your house, time to talk to your local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert about taking a closer look at your windows. You can save energy and stay warm with windows from Pella that are properly installed the patented Pella way by professionals using window and doors with the highest energy efficiency ratings in the industry from Energy Star. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my friends at Runza. You know, being a Nebraskan, Runza holds a special place in my heart, and it holds a special spot with Nebraska football, kind of synonymous. So much so that on the eve of Nebraska's home opener against Penn State on Friday night, I got a gift from one of my best friends in the world. Let me just read the, the letter that was uh, in, in the gift. It was to me and my wife. It says, Nick and Kim, in a world turned upside down, and while Memorial Stadium sits empty tomorrow, we thought you'd enjoy a small taste of normalcy. Hope you all enjoy these season-shortened runzas. Go Big Red. How cool is that? First of all, I got the best friends in the world, man. But that's kind of runza, you know? Like, not only is it great food, but it's a slice of home. It's a slice of nostalgia and a slice of comfort. Pretty cool. Make sure you get to runza and get that little slice in your life. Runza makes it all better. All right, Uh, man, you know what it is. Coming up uh, on this podcast... Bo Rude and yours truly recap Nebraska and Penn State. And uh, Nebraska gets their first win of the year. It's exciting game. Tons to discuss. Kind of a tale of two halves. Uh, the black shirts stand tall and, and kind of carry the, the baton across the finish line for the Huskers. Uh, the black shirts really taking a step forward this year. Luke McCaffrey gets the start. What, what did we see from Luke? There's just a ton to discuss in this game. So let's get to it. Nebraska, Penn State recap pod. Enjoy. All right, my friend, we are here, and uh, it's, a, it's a victorious recap pod. Nebraska hangs on to take down the Nittany Lions 30-23. to 23. Bo Robert Root is here. Um, man, it feels good. Does, that, does everything not just taste better, feel better? Like, life is just better after a dub, dog. Win fixes everything. It's, <laughs> everything in life gets fixed with a win. So, I, there's, there's, once again... 52,000 things to unpack in this game. But I want to start with you were at the game because you are in that family. I got uh, the friends and family you pass. Got the, you got the friends and family pass. <laughs> you were, uh, what was it, in Grumpy Old Men, where it was to, to what's that guy's name? Uh, Walter, Walter Matthau. And they asked him, are you here to see it? family or friend? And he goes, friend. <laughs> I was you, family this you time. You were though. family. Yeah. So you were you were one of the I don't know how many people were actually in the state. What was it like? Because everybody's had the experience of like what it feels like on TV, and we even talked up to the first game that like it kind of feels normal. What did it feel like in the game? Yeah, uh, well, game? it was. They said about a thousand people were there. Okay, and it felt like twenty people were there though, because you are you were so spaced out that it was just it was almost like if felt like you were at a scrimmage in terms of right. like how many people there it was so little but they had like complete um the full east side was packed with those cutouts cutouts yeah and i mean it was the full like the full first level was was covered so that sort of gives a yeah it was like, like it, visual it, of the like, visual oh, aid yeah. of like oh there's 
there's something, you know, there's, there are people here almost. So that, that was fine. But, but it, no, even though there was no one there, you got the, I got to have my Husker, you know, fall experience. Like they the band pre-recorded, right their their performance and they played it over the loudspeakers and it sounded really good so you felt like you heard the band you know that when they scored a touchdown they released the red balloons right and just having a little bit of that i don't know what i, I don't even know how to describe it other than like i just was like oh thank you i got it i got then, my how how different is for 99.999% of people, they're watching it on TV. Did you rewatch the game again on TV? Or like, I haven't rewatched it, but, but I... But, I, but you obviously know, like, is it way different? It's got to be different. It's different. It's almost like easier to watch the game, though. There's less distraction where I... And you know, we had great seats because we're on the 50. <laughs> There's no one there. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I got a great view of the game. Um, and like, so what's it, it like different. on a big play? Like, does it feel weird like bet's long touchdown is it like i found like myself cheering louder <laughs> really <laughs> and the people around us everybody cheered pretty good right because you just you're like you got to like you have to make a point to like yeah it's almost more awkward like when 90,000 people like if you're one of 200 people that aren't clapping and screaming it doesn't matter. No, but when there's a thousand people there and like you you're, better clap, you, like, you better, yeah. you're not you're not. So I was it. the it's best good. fan I've ever been. You I were was, I was the best fan I've ever been in my life. <laughs> did you I see was, Ed McCaffrey. They kept showing him in the. Did you? Did you? Oh no, you and Ed embrace. No, I, no. There was I figured no, Kurt Warner was probably there too. I didn't see him. Yeah, maybe they. Uh, I, Kurt wasn't around Ed, but I figured they'd kind of like get them. I could see those two like throwing passes to oh, each other. Could you imagine in the parking that? Lot. That'd be pretty good right there. Okay. Um, speaking of Ed McCaffrey. The the big story of this game, there's a couple bit. There was the defense, and then obviously it's Luke McCaffrey's debut as a starter. So it, I don't I don't think anyone was too terribly surprised to see Luke get the get the nod. Um, I totally understand Frost not tipping his hand throughout the week of who it was going to be. Um, so let's get into what we saw from Luke. I thought the the first thing like he was good right away like he he got off to a good start. Yeah. Um he had a very on his first drive he made like three or four really good plays. He had the scramble pass to Austin Allen that was a good play. He picked up a third and 10 with his legs around the left side to uh, uh on the Penn State sidelines. And so it's all it's it's huge sometimes in those spots to like get off to a good start. I thought he established himself well. Uh, which was important. I, I I thought that was something. The first jump time he was okay. He came in, he looked confident, and he got off to a good start. Yeah, I think the 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 first the first down that he picked up where he ran for it. To me, those are going to be the difference makers with him. Is he right. just has a, a the next gear that he he finds a way in those moments and to stay on the field and to keep those drives alive. That's that's what this offense needed more than anything is just somebody that could do that. Um, but yeah, to get to get started as well as he did this game, where you drive us down and you just get a score, that that right there is such a a building block for the rest of his his season. I think is that that as a quarterback, I think it's got to be the hardest thing is that that those first couple you games, those first couple drives in. on yeah. your first couple games. That's tough. Well, you you bring up a good point on like, in a lot of ways, the first series was playing out like every other good first series where they're kind of marching, 
They get a penalty, and it's all of a sudden it was third and five. They get a false start. It's third and ten. You're like, here we go again. They're going to get nothing out of this drive. Luke keeps the drive alive. It ultimately ends in points. There was another drive in the second quarter that was probably the play of the game for Luke. His his left-handed pass to Marvin Scott, not only was it an unbelievable play, it was third and nine, and it kept a drive alive that ended in a field goal. So you can kind of directly tie 10 points to Luke just being crafty and making it happen. Making it happen. And, and Nick, we win by seven, yes. right? Like that, those are the things that I don't think we give enough credit to is just those, those little moments in games where it can go either way. Right. We, we had to get like on the right side of it, this game. And I'm going to probably, you know, beat this to death today in the podcast, but I, I, I always want to try not to be hypocritical. Right. Right. And when we lose, I always, I beat to death the, Oh, if this would have went right for us and we're not getting the breaks right now. So then when we win though, to not be hypocritical, you got to say, well, where did it go right for it? And there were a lot of moments, those plays, the bounces of the ball went our way. The penalties went our way finally. And I feel like that is, that's important to see when your win is like, look, the, the ball has to bounce your way sometimes. And it, we were due. Well, I think Mike Riley didn't do a whole lot great here, but he had a great line that he would give a handful of times in post-game press conferences or the Monday press conference where it was never look past something in victory you wouldn't in defeat. Yeah. And that can apply to a lot of things, but it can also apply to those little moments where how many times like, man, if Nebraska could have just made that play. Well, this game, more often than not, they made that play. Yeah. And it and they won the game. But I just thought you could directly tie 10 points to a of, of Luke just Luke being Luke keeping a drive alive. Yeah, that I that nothing against Martinez. I just feel like Martinez could have done everything Luke did in this game except for maybe those two plays. Right. And and maybe that's the difference in winning and losing. And the the first thing that one of the first things you write down after seeing him for four quarters is that like he's got a way, he's crafty, you know, he he's got that. And then the other thing is he's fast. He's yeah. faster than Martinez. He hits he hits holes quicker uh even on the third down uh third and 10 pickup like that that was a a quarterback draw up the middle and he was able to just bounce it outside and just outrun everybody to the sticks like he is uh he he is faster than Adrian Martinez well and I think the thing with Martinez Martinez was definitely faster as a freshman but there's been a few times that he's when he's gotten out he doesn't look like a home run threat ever no like he's a guy that's pretty good from about zero to 20 maybe like 30 yards is his kind of his max where Luke's a guy that I think he could score from 60 or 70 yards Agreed. out and I just don't see Martinez doing that well and then and then the hard part too is I feel like also Adrian as a freshman ran tough like he got tough yards now Luke is smaller but I don't I don't necessarily feel like Luke runs like a like a puss or anything like that. Like No, Luke's just I, not not thick is not his only thick. Issue. And yeah. so I, I don't so what you, you know it's one of those things like well are you trading speed for power and I'm like 
But Mart- I not Martinez, necessarily. I wouldn't say Martinez is a powerful runner. The, you know, in the paper, sometimes they call Martinez has more power, and I go, "What? What do you mean? Like he are slides you, or gets tackled? He doesn't that's run." Simply looking at someone's height and weight and thinking that equates to like. I mean, do you remember it, when Scott Frost would run the ball? Yeah, like that's, that's called power. power. Or, or and this, I mean, this is obvious. But like, you ever seen Cam when Cam Newton runs the ball? That's, that's called power. power yeah. You know, that's, like Adrian a, Martinez. Doesn't run like that. No, you know, he, and, and we don't expect him to run like no. that. But I, I think sometimes I've read in the paper like they—that's how they make the comparison. Like Luke's faster, but Adrian's like more powerful. I'm like, no, I don't see that at all. Yeah, like, sometimes I, don't... I mean, even I could say like, uh, I mean, even and we'll get to Wandale at running back. Like Wandale's small, but Wandale, Wandale's a pretty powerful runner. Like yeah. he's not. He, he he has a way of of. Hitting like he he goes hits, into contact. He goes into yeah. contact really well, even even better than some quote unquote bigger backs. Oh yeah. Uh, so th- th- with with Luke, there, there was a lot of good things. Some of the things that you watch, if you just got to be honest, like he still is. What's interesting for being a and maybe this is a part of it, like is you'd almost classify Luke as more of a football player than a quarterback. Like he yeah. he's. He still is pretty unpolished. He's still pretty raw. Uh, he's still got a long ways to go, I think, as a passer. Well, you got to remember, you know, I think I think a lot of these quarterbacks now have been playing quarterback for years and years and years. And Luke spent a couple years in high school not playing quarterback. Right. And I, like I said, I think that has helped him in other ways, just being a better athlete and a better runner of the ball. But you could see just some execution things, you know, timing, timing, rushing. Yeah. He rushed a few few times. He, he rushed the the zone read, and he you know he was running into people a lot. That, that's that, what I was, was going to say. That's execution. You know? Some something I took great pride in was being really really smooth in my in the handoffs, the play action fakes, the carrying out fakes, just like there's something like the good quarterbacks are really smooth at that. Yeah. At you point he's running into guys. He is things look a little messy and choppy at times yep. with with what's going on in the backfield, you know? And a lot of that is just it's going to take time. It's not easy to get back there and have things clicking on all cylinders with that stuff. Yeah, and our quarterback is expected to do a lot with you know, getting people in the right place, but also like they have to get the snap, do the fakes, you know, make the reads on the zone reads. There's a lot that goes to this quarterback position where they're responsible to do a lot right every time. And you can tell he's still like, he's still getting, getting his flow there, you know? Well, you know, like things like jet motion, jet motion fakes. Yeah. Like that's, Really stop and think about how you would time that up. Like that's not easy to do, and I think sometimes, and this is, I, I've, I've been there as an athlete. Where like he's so focused on one thing that other things erode. Where he's like, yeah. okay, I'm thinking about who I'm reading and not necessarily timing up. Here comes Alante Brown, and I gotta, and then I'm hitting him, and I gotta shovel yeah. it to Wandale. His whole thought was make sure I shovel it to Wandale, and then everything gets messy. You know, like I expect those things to get better, but they do need to get better. Well, he, he the part we got to remember with Luke is, you know, he's been yeah the quote one one B option to this point, but now he's gonna get he should be getting 
reps with the ones right. all the time and more, more reps equal better execution. I mean, cause even last year, you know, you're, you're getting backup reps and it's just, it's, it's different. different when you get all the first team reps, you get more reps and you get more better reps. And so that's the part where yeah, practice we, where he's now the dude. Yeah. I mean, this is Mark McCaffrey's time to develop now. At, right. You know, you got to get the same way we gave Martinez two years, like, you hopefully McCaffrey doesn't need that, but he's going to need some games and he's going to make some mistakes. And I do think something else that like the, the, the snaps aren't always consistent either. Like that's something that needs to continue to get better. Like the high snaps, the, yeah. the off target snaps, but, uh, but again, he makes things happen. He's got a backyard football way about him that, that is like, he does shit. You can't teach. You know, the left-handed yeah. thing, all that. Like, he's just, like, does stuff that, like, you're not going to go to the Manning Passing Academy and, and learn how to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so the same thing that I think makes him good right now is the same thing that I think holds him back. Like, he's not an overly fundamentally sound, smooth, polished guy, but that also allows him to just... Ah, I'm almost sacked. I'm going to put it in my left hand and throw it to Marvin Scott. Okay, I yeah. got nothing. I'm just going to bounce it on third and 10 and run. Like it, it, I think right now, though, he is he's a guy that um, the team is I, – I see a little bit of the team rallying around it. Yes. Sneeze! We got to sneeze! Right. I could see it coming. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. I tried to push it on my nostril. I was hoping it would go away. You're I, like, I was going to say, we can cut this out. We're not cutting that out. Okay. God, I People was trying know. to think. It was hard because like, a sneeze is coming. I was like, what am I going to say here? Okay. <laughs> Gosh, man. Always embarrassed myself. Oh, that was fantastic. What were we talking about? I was thinking about sneezing. Oh, oh. The, oh, God. Just the same, you know, like <laughs> with Luke, <laughs> the same thing that makes him great is the same thing that kind of holds him back. Like, yeah, and I think my point was before I was feeling the sneeze and I, was, I rushed it. <laughs> feel the sneeze. Can you feel the sneeze. 1019, feel, uh, the, feel sneeze. the sneeze. Coming up on 1019, the sneeze. <laughs> feel At choose, biggest hit, Hanky. <laughs> the, uh, the nose, brothers, with. <laughs> Am I dripping? Coming up next on 1019, the sneeze. <laughs> Kazoon Tights, debut. At... <laughs> 1019, the sneeze. I'd kind of be into 1019, the sneeze right now. Okay, Mr. Sneeze. Good golly. Uh, Sorry. My my point was this, though, is I'm, I could sense that even though it's, it's – I don't think it's fully – we've fully seen what this is yet – I think that the team is more confident with him there. I, I agree. The offensive players have a weird confidence level that goes up a little bit with Luke McCaffrey. Bottom line, and listen, and we're going to get to who really carried the, the 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 baton across the finish line, which was the defense. He started, they won. And I and sometimes we give too much credit and too much blame, but like they won. They won. They won, they won, won with the him game. In there. They won with him at quarterback. The one thing I wanted to ask you is, how big of a deal is it now where these teams are going to have more film on Luke? I, I think it has nothing to do with Luke. Okay. I think it has everything to do with the offensive. The offensive, like the way we've been having to call plays. Okay. And I, I think that is that the more film we put out, the more it's going to 
be harder unless we adapt. Okay, so that spills us into uh, th- that's a good segue into our off because the there's big some stuff, the yeah. big offensive stuff here. Um, I think one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I don't, I don't, I don't know, and I'd love to hear Frost and Verdusco and and Lubick to kind of explain this. What is up with this offense's great first halves? I mean, they usually come out and they march the ball down the field on first drives. They put up points, and then the second half they seemingly just go in the tank. Look. So far this year, first half points scored 54, second half points scored 60, or six, excuse me. First half points scored 54, second half points scored six. Yeah, it, it's gla- There's a glaring difference. And to me, one, it's, it's game playing. They do a good job game planning. Um, but I also think the, the weaknesses that I think we talk about every week, and everybody knows, it's in the papers, those things... Those things become a bigger problem as the game settles. Okay. The game settles in, and it's the games. They see what your plan is. They make their adjustments. And I think whatever it is that we do, we don't have right now the personnel to do a lot. And right. that becomes a bigger issue when they're not off guard, like they would be starting out a game. I don't know. I just think we, we're limited. Right now, we have a limited offense. And yeah. that... As the game goes on, it becomes a bigger problem. Because, I, I, I mean, I, I could understand that because where it's like, you because know, some people want to be like, uh, you know, coaching adjustments. It's like, well, sometimes your adjustments are only as good as the bullets you got in the chamber. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I just don't think there's a lot of adjustments they can make because we were talking before we got started here, Nebraska has some personnel issues at the skill position spots that are problematic. Like all of a sudden now Mills got dinged up yesterday, but all of a sudden the running back situation is an interesting one. Mills has kind of done nothing through three games. I'm not enamored with any of the other young running backs. I mean, Marvin Scott's fine. Ronald Tompkins is fine. Ramir Johnson is fine. The thing that is becoming abundantly clear again, and we've talked about this, and we kind of called for it last week, is you know who Nebraska's best running back is? It's Wandale Robinson. Yeah. He just is. He's the best guy back there, which is good and bad. So I I think you look at the running back situation, that's weird. But the wide receiver situation is still a problem. They're, they're not getting much out of that unit. They're still not stretching the field with throwing the ball yeah. down the field. Um, I do think there's an element of Nebraska tipping their hand with who's on the field and what play is coming. When mm-hmm. guys like Warner and Falk and Lever are on the field, it's more than likely going to be a run or a screen. And when Alante Brown, Marcus Fleming – uh, Xavier Betts are on the field. It's that then all of a sudden it might be a pass. Yeah, I so, mean, I think it's what's what's bad is it's becoming obvious, right? And the thing that I don't know, I, I think you saw, like, did you see how many times we were running guys on and off, on and off? Yeah. And so in the stadium, you could see, you know, the substitutions maybe more than anything. Like you see, like, and they kept right. having trouble. But I, I think the point of that is they. They have these personnel groups, right, that normally you can run with 
you're, you got your guys that play most of the game. They got these young guys. They're trying to get in there, but they can't do everything right now. So they're having to sub them in for specific things instead of just leaving them out there like you would do for a drive. So there's way more, much more subbing going on to try to get these guys in the game that can that are are more talented in terms of being able to go down the field, attack it. Like you know, Xavier Betts, he's a he's a, a young talent that we have now, and we're trying to get him on the field. But right now, he's not there. You know, he's so young that he's not ready to play a full game. Just go out there and play. Right. Right. Stanley Morgan could go out. And, and be out block, there the whole run. game. Yeah, right. yeah, so right now we're having people go in to do certain things, not just go play the game the whole time. Yeah, so and, and you that's, and how much, that's a problem. That's a, Yeah, because, I mean, there, there's no question that ultimately people are – I mean, you're so thoroughly studied now. It's okay. You can open the LaCroix. It's all good. You already sneezed. We can open the LaCroix. I about had another sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt it coming, and I talked myself out of that Oh, sneeze. good. You're not now, sneeze. I not know. now. Uh, but there's, I mean, you're already so thoroughly scouted that people know your tendencies on down and distances and personnel packages, and not only just 21 personnel, but who are those two tight ends and one back? Who are you know, like yeah. your people are, are starting to kind of pick up on those things. And, and to your point, as the game wears on, you can really start to hone in on some of those things, and that's that's a problem. And the other thing, and I don't, as you were kind of talking, I wonder how much the subbing too eats into their ability to establish tempo. Yeah, I, I well for sure that 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 has a uh, an issue with tempo because um, if you want to go fast, they nobody should be subbing. You should right. just be you going, just get up, right? Because yeah, that yes. Um, so so that's a that's definitely a part of it, and I, I think also that this was a unique game though because we did score points early. And then we became a team that milked the clock, right? Which I think that was actually the best job we've done. In his tenure of milking that clock, we did a really good job of, of, we did go conservative, very conservative, but they they milked the clock for a lot of that second half, which was good. Or it when did, they were when they were against the wind, even in the in the uh, first quarter, they milked it intentionally. And I was I was I was paying attention to their clock management. But, but what was and hard? It, but what was hard about that was that. Even in the, even an attempt to kind of go conservative, which Frost even admitted, the last two trips in the red zone, yeah. I think Frost was having PTSD of what happened at Northwestern and throwing two interceptions. The last two trips in the red zone, Nebraska had all runs and settled for two field goals. Yeah. Uh, but even in the midst of that, it felt like I, I turned to my brother during the game and I was like, does this game feel like Nebraska's defense has been on the field the entire game? Nebra- Penn State ran 91 plays. <sighs> 91 and so it's just there's an interesting it's just I I think the personnel the personnel issues and the predictability of what you're doing within that is something to watch because I think it's already caught up to Nebraska at times and especially to your point as the games wore on but it's even going to become more I think problematic as the season wears on unless some of these guys can kind of become more every down type of guys and get a better grasp of the playbook or that running back situation clears up in some way I'm not I guess to you right now I'm not anti just being like listen Wandale needs to be I I don't want to say he's just supplants Mills but like I don't know man like in the end he got 21 touches which to me 
I felt so much better about our team, even when he's getting 21 touches, and they, they corralled him pretty good. They did a good job corralling Wandale, but to me, I want to win or lose going down giving Wandale the ball. That, that, that's my thought. And, and that it's clear when he, he touches it, he's different than everybody j- else. Just the overall, the think of the Ohio State game and the Northwestern game and now this Penn State game. He was pretty much... You couldn't. He was a non-factor in the first two games, and he was a big factor in this Penn yeah. State game. I mean, he was he was going to score on the 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 play where he got face masked. He was likely going to score. Yep. And and I just so I, I don't know. I'll be interested to see. Now, I don't know that again. Frost said Mills got dinged up, but I'll be interested to see what ends up happening at that spot because I don't know. I mean, I think you and I. I'm not anti Mills, but I've never I never was one of those guys that thought Mills was was. Elite. He's not a. He's not necessarily like a game changer. Um, so I think you know Marvin Scott and Tompkins can do an adequate job filling in for Mills. But I, I think the key takeaway for me was Wandale needs to get the ball no matter what. Right. So even if it means him playing more I back, which I didn't want him to have to do, but he's not getting the ball enough if he's not there. So Agree. unless there's somebody that that steps up at running back that freeze him up on the outside you got somebody a receiver yeah, right somebody receiver needs to be able to take some of that focus off of him otherwise we just kind of got to give him the ball I totally agree because I, I think in some ways it's it, it goes back to you know I used to hear all the time with whether it was Tommy Armstrong or even Taylor Martinez and people would talk about like well the defense is is stacking the box so you have to throw the ball and it's like yeah I understand that to a certain extent where the, the defense is trying to dictate, you know, what yeah. you want to do. But you can't just succumb to that and just say, okay, and willingly play to what the defense wants you to play They're to. They're taking away Wandell. We're not giving Wandell the ball. Like, that's not... That can't the, that, be the answer. No, that's so that, not that was my all thought with, like, Tommy Armstrong back in the day where it was just like, they're they're playing the run, so Tommy's got to pass. Like, no, that's not how it can be. Like, you can't just say, oh, okay, okay, that, I guess that's, what, that, that's how it is. Oh, they're double-teaming Doug McDermott. Okay, well then, don't give it. To don't him. give the ball to Doug McDermott. Oh, they're ju- they're they're loading up on Wandale. Well then, okay, sorry, Wandale. It's not like that. Can't you can't just give into that. You have to find a way to give him the ball. And the reality is, when he's at running back, it just gets him the ball. Yeah, it's a simple way to get him the ball, and you know, it, it, and then from there, you know, you can do things off of it. But I think the mistake that we probably made. More in, I think Northwestern more than even Ohio State. than Ohio State yep. was. We didn't just say let's give him the ball, right? You know what I mean? I think Ohio State we felt it out, and he got a few touches, but they were on him pretty good. But I, I think Northwestern was the time where we did two games in a row. We didn't get it to him, to- right? You just I think can't have a game. You can go, you can go a couple games where you know he's getting the ball, and maybe one game he gets a little less, and he's more of a decoy. But it can't be multiple games in a row totally he's agree. our decoy to- right? totally 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 agree um quickly i want to mention i mean Cade warner's drop touchdown in the end zone could have could have been the game yeah that's that's I, I could have been the game you know yeah, I, mean, I mean those are those little moments where it's like you 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 can't drop that ball i mean you're in the end zone you just can't do it and, i mean thank thank goodness for Cade warner that we win that game oh, because boy. that's one of those that it will get forgotten now, which right. is good because he's a good kid. But 
Yeah, you don't want to be the guy that loses the game because you you you'd met you know the wide open drop. Real, real quick, last thing on the offense before we get to kind of praising the defense. I've heard uh, Michael Severe has asked this question a handful of times to people, and I think it's just an interesting question in general. I know what I think to it. He has asked people, does Adrian Martinez have a role in this offense with Luke as the starter in the same way that Luke had a role with Adrian as a starter? My thought is no. No. Because I just don't know where you... His like, his issue is his running is not dynamic enough, and so and he what can't is play he, receiver. Yeah, like people say he should be like I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? Like, he's a more closer to a pure quarterback. Like Luke makes sense; he could play receiver. He has he has those other skills. Like Martinez, he's not in there because he's not showing those. I skills. just can't picture. I can't picture you know the counter play that Luke had the long run against Ohio State. Like I just can't picture. Martinez in the slot motioning to a single back no. counter like he's just that's not he's not fast enough for that that's not really his running style no, he doesn't know how to run like a running back right. he doesn't have that that's so, not who he is so I think you know and and by all accounts there's a great picture of of Adrian that uh super fired up on the sidelines and you hope he maintains a good attitude because being a captain and I'm sure having some sort of voice in that locker room if he starts to get selfish and pout that can have a negative impact it doesn't seem like that's going to happen but right now I just don't I think he's from all indications a great kid I mean even though his attitude he gets benched and and he's being a positive influence on the sideline in today's age that is a huge huge uh test to his character totally agree now the issue is going to be... Let's take a quick break to talk to you guys about my good friends at Arunza. Got another super secret menu item that uh, when I when I revealed this super secret menu item uh, about a month or so ago, let's just say everybody's minds were blown. Everybody's minds were blown. Here's the deal. Did you know at Runza you can get anything on a Runza sandwich? Think about that. Yeah, you, you don't have to rewind it. In this, anything on a Runza sandwich. Like, I, I love a cheese Runza, but if I want to chuck it, throw pickles in there. I could throw a little mustard in there. I could throw some French fries in there. Anything within reason that's in the kitchen, you can ask for, and they'll add it in the Runza sandwich. How about that? Because every single Runza is made to order. They all start as an original with no toppings. Then they add toppings when you order, and boom, you got a custom Runza. You can't beat that. How about that? I'm sure your mind is blown. That's today's super secret menu item. I had to, had to revive this and tell you about it for my friends at Runza. The Build Your Own Runza. Get into Runza today. Get one that's just for you, and tell them your pal Nick Baugh sent you. And while we're here, let's talk about Pella windows and doors. I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. Let's uh, let's pull up uh, let's pull up Pella's website right now. Look at this. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Five different types of windows or doors by Pella have won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. I mean, that's some that's that's incredible. And they achieve that in a couple of ways. You have the insulated glass which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. You have types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. You have triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all that, within all that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for windows and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors 
are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Back to the podcast. He, at the end of the year, he still has, he's probably going to be, if Luke's hangs on to this, who knows? He, he might be leaving, right? That's yeah. a possibility. Yeah, sure. But, but here's where he can't fault Nebraska. Luke, you know, Luke was right there, maybe outplayed him in the fall camp, and Nebraska said, we are giving you the, 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 the opportunity that still you, these are st- still your team. It's your chance here. And that's, as a quarterback, what else can you ask for? Bo. And, you know, listen, we might be having a – we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Because sure. Luke could go into the tank and Adrian and Adrian come com- back in. Yeah, Adrian could Anything come back. Anything can happen, right? Yeah. But I think we both agree that if, let's say, Luke now doesn't relinquish the starting role – I could see Adrian leaving. Yeah, looking around. And you and I might be sitting here in a couple months recording a Adrian Martinez has transferred podcast. And Adrian leaving, as an athlete, all you want is a chance to control your own fate. That's it. The stuff that hurts is when you felt like you didn't get a fair shake or you got whatever, right? You didn't get enough enough reps, enough snaps, enough starts. This guy... This sounds like Adrian. Adrian's situation, he can't blame anybody, but I mean, he had every opportunity in the world to 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 be the yeah. guy, and unfortunately, he didn't make a convincing enough case for it to not for it to for him to be the dude at this point, and that's where we're at. But we'll we'll see. I mean, again, we're a long ways to home, and listen, Luke, I mean, Luke's not freaking Patrick Mahomes this, here. This what you just said is so important that this season's not over, no. right? And Adrian Martinez, there is a just as good of a chance as Luke ending up as our starter as Martinez coming back and taking this thing over because Luke still has not been out there enough. And you know what? He hasn't proven he can stay healthy. You know, all these things, there's a lot of season potentially left to play. I mean, we've played two, uh, three games. No, two games. Three games. Three games. Three games, yes. Uh, what, what month is it? Yeah, God, I don't <laughs> even know, right? But then we got four more to go. Yeah. Correct? Yes. And so, yeah, a lot can happen. And I think there's, I mean, again, a lot of the same stuff that can make Luke great. Those things, those things are boomer bust plays sometimes. Yep. And Dirk, Dirk was on my podcast last week and he's made the the comparison of Luke is a little bit like of like Taylor Martinez, where there's a little bit of just kind of boomer bust quality to him where you got to remember Taylor Martinez, his first year starting. He had some games where you thought, oh, my God, this guy is maybe the best running quarterback in the country and going to be – I mean, he outdueled Brandon Whedon and Justin Blackman in Stillwater. Yeah. He ran all over Washington. He ran all over Kansas State. But people forget he got benched in the South Dakota State game at home because he couldn't do anything. He yeah. was – you know, like, so he's had game. he had games where it was more bust than boom and – I guess I didn't see enough from Luke to think that that there might not be some some games where Luke struggles. Oh, I, I could see Luke having some serious struggles. I think the thing that Luke, I think Luke has a quality about the way he, he his mind is and the way he competes that that's I think, the difference. I think Martinez, Adrian Martinez, or Taylor Martinez. Taylor yeah. Martinez is he had a freakish speed, like he was a freakazoid with that speed he had. Yeah, and but. I think we always question like 
how does this guy see the game? How does he think about things? You know, yeah, it, he was kind of always his, like, his personality. I mean, he his personality, his demeanor, his vibe. I mean, he was a little different. He was, and, it, yeah. and especially when you think about a quarterback, it didn't really fit. You know, it's like if your if your defensive back has Taylor Martinez's personality, whatever. But when your quarterback's a little bit of a loof, it's kind of it, it's it's a little different. Yeah, that is yeah. the big separator between Luke and Taylor Martinez. Is Luke seems to just have uh, have just a charismatic, magnetic, energetic thing yeah. to him. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at that quarterback spot. Okay, it's a shame, especially you being a former black shirt, that we are 35 minutes into this podcast and we have not sung the praises. We go deep, though. Let's we have, we, we don't baby go pool deep. shit. We are not going in the baby pool, but let's go into the deep end here on the defense. Oh, I like that analogy. You like that? There's a baby pool the and there's baby a deep pool. End. Now, remember getting this... the baby pool and that mug was a little hot because people are peeing in it, Nick. That's what I'm gonna say. That baby pool. I wonder how many of the babies, like as a percentage, piss in that pool. I mean, do you remember all of them? We would, we would. So we would go. We'd be swimming. It'd get, be safety break. You had a couple choices. You could go get like some sweet tarts or whatever, you know, or you go into the baby pool and just, you know, F around in the baby pool. And it was like a foot. It was like it, six inches. It was six inches of just 60% water, 40% urine. Oh, it was always so it much was warmer. So hot. Like, I think back to it now, like, what would we do? Why would we have gotten in that? I don't know. It's better than being outside. When's the last time you peed in a public pool? Um, you and I, we I went have? to Vegas with our buddies. Yeah, and everybody's peeing everybody's in Everybody's peeing in the pool. Me and you were the only... So we had like a cabana. This was a couple years ago. We had a cabana. We're drinking, having fun, right? You know, and you and I were the only ones that were leaving the cabana, getting out of the pool, and going to the bathroom. Everybody else was peeing... Men and women were, I mean, there was drinking going on. Well, that's a, that's a newsflash. We peeing. had we took down like 56 Heinekens that day. Yeah. And it, all of a sudden, at the end of the day, me and you kind of looked at each other like, have any of our other friends gone to... And that's we questioned dis- them. They were like, oh, no, we just peed in the pool. That's disgusting. We're like, there's a 100 people in this pool. That's so gross. And I think it was 98 of them were peeing Just it. peeing in the pool. That's so gross. So instead of being in our own pee... We were just, only in their pee. I mean, you should think about just standing next to someone in a pool, and they're just pissing. It's horrible. Okay. So. Hurry. <laughs> we're going to the deep. No, we're leaving that pee and We're leaving the baby we, pool. We don't go to the pee baby pool. We go to the deep end let's where it's go clear water. Yeah. So let's go into the deep end with clear waters with this defense. How about these dudes, man? There is... I mean, let, let's because there's kind of a big picture conversation and specific stuff with that game. Bottom line, Bo, in, against Penn State, again, they forced two turnovers. You have the Cam Taylor interception, which mm-hmm. I, I never got a wider angle on that. Looked like he should have scored. Whoever 98 is, who's 98? Casey Rogers. Casey Rogers, like, tackle, tackle on the play on Casey Rogers. It's like, what? Unassisted. <laughs> This is a tackle. I mean, I hope those guys, when they're watching film today, you know, you get the... Like, let, me just, like, let me give all these guys returning interceptions and punts you, and kicks. You, you Nick, hold the called, record, right? Nick, it's called cutback. That's what it is. It's- Nobody cuts back anymore. Cut back so across the So you're modest, but I'm pretty sure you hold the record 
Or I know it's at least linebacker yeah, pick that sixes. For sure. I don't know if you hold the entire Somebody defense. Somebody might have had a longer one. But I'm saying amount. So you had you had one against Ball State, Iowa State. You had Ball State, the one that saved the game. Iowa State was a 92-yarder. The main game, your junior year, yeah. we were on the ropes in that game a little bit, and that kind of sealed yeah. it. So that's three. Am I missing one? Well, so you're missing some because I had three that got ran down. Oh, you got so, ra- yeah. yeah. I had my... I have my highlights and my lowlights. So I forgot about you getting rid. All of a sudden, you hit the Mister Plow was on you, and you were like, "That's I will." I have many, uh, many <laughs> excuses that someday I would like to explain all those. We don't have time today. A tell I have some excuses, including uh, an alignment that did ran a, an electronic four seven five. Yeah. We can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ran That's down my alignment. The guy ran four seven five though. But what was like? How big of a guy would I? Oh, he's probably 300. <laughs> he ran you down. I'm telling you, one of my but I think it was Jay Moore found out. This guy later ran 475 because I was shamed. I got shamed for years. I want, I want some me. evidence that this guy ran a 475. I, I, I've been told by somebody that literally that guy ran 475, and they weren't just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> Ran down by a lineman, but nevertheless, to your point, like go score, go score, and cut back, go score. I mean, because even uh, the week before, oh boy, I'm blanking on his name against Northwestern. Um, oh, God, Miles Farmer, Farmer, yeah, Farmer, cut back, go score. I mean, these are the things that make it well. Because guess what, the Cam Taylor interception. That was the possession that Cade Warner dropped the touchdown, and yes. it settled for ten point. Like. I'm or telling for, you for three points. That's like, that's those what, are the things. I'm such a believer in is in these defensive guys. Like when you get a chance to score, you gotta score because when you, you can't depend on your offense to for sure get touchdowns, it's it's easier sometimes in those moments if you are willing to take the risk. I say take the risk and go try to score. But man, unass- shouts out to the unassisted tackle by Casey Rogers Gosh. on that. I mean, what what the hell? But never but. We're staying positive with yeah. with the because they were fantastic. So you get you force two turnovers. Cam Deont- Taylor interception. Deontay Williams. Deontay Williams strip sack scoop score. So you get a defensive touchdown, and Nebraska held Penn State to twenty three points. I mean, in this day and age of football, when you're holding people to twenty one points, twenty three points, like I don't. I don't care. That's really impressive. And this is still a Penn State team that was preseason top ten. So and it ain't like they got a bunch of bums over there. So that and that's something that I'm I, I'm I haven't got to talk to anybody outside of our little circle, but I, I feel like because Penn State started zero and three, people I think they're happy we won, but they they're kind of like oh whatever we yeah. yeah. If you when we were talking about this season, we we had played Penn State top ten in the country. It felt almost almost the same as Ohio State like it's like Ohio State minus just a little bit that's how we felt about Penn State and we just beat them and yes. I think people are kind of like oh yeah we should right like that's where it's like I'm, I'm like just just remember that's a more talented team than we are that we just beat totally they totally. have more talented players than we do that's probably there's it's and- them it's Ohio State it's probably either Michigan or it's Penn State Right, as the most talented teams in this league, and we should be pretty freaking pumped that we just beat that. Team. And granted, the the second half was just a hold on for dear life. Yeah, you know, eke out a, a win. But I do think you have to after Deontay Williams scoop and score. 
There's 11 minutes and 29 seconds left in the second quarter. So for, what, 18 minutes of, of football, Nebraska kicked the shit out of Penn State. It was 24 to 3. So, like, for as much as we, we're going to remember this game as just, like, everyone was, I mean, the, the whole state was peeing their pants, you know, yeah. in, the, in the second half and going, oh, God, here we go again. But, man, the first 18 minutes of that game was really good, both by the offense. I mean, you have Xavier Betts. We didn't even talk. Xavier Betts looked yeah. like a freaking baller on that play. There was great downfield blocking at the second and third level on that play. But after the Deontay Williams sack fumble score, it's 24-3. to three. And it is an ass-kicking yeah. going on in Lincoln. But, so again, holding Penn State to 23 points. I mean, the red zone defense, again, we talked about it. It's like the opposite how Nebraska had almost 500 yards of offense and only scored 13 points against Northwestern. It was very similar with Penn yeah. State at 500 yards or whatever it was. And you only only scored 23 points. And a lot of that is, the, again, cue up Bo Pelini. It's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points. It is. And the red zone defense from Nebraska – was really good. There were, by my count, six trips to the red zone for Penn State, and they score 16 points. You held Penn State to three field goals. You give up the one touchdown late in the game that made it 30-23, to 23, and then you stuff them on the final two drives to hold them to zero points. The final two stands from the defense, fantastic. Like, just Fantastic. Well, and I, I think I like that we we got aggressive. We were we said we're going to go down being aggressive, which we did. I like we did. We we brought the pressure and we said we're going to make this guy throw it and throw it fast and beat us. Right. Uh, so I like that philosophy. But I, I think there is something to be said about the improvement across the board from this defense. Like they have they've improved each year, and I think that should give you hope. If you're a Nebraska fan saying, like, wait, where's this program headed? Like, we are getting better, right? The the defensive line probably had a better first couple games. Um, they were on the field for a long time. Oh, okay. I think they were starting to get pushed on this right. game a little bit. But they did pretty good. But the things that still are standing out to me are we don't look like we're weaker than people anymore. No. We are hitting we are hitting hard. Like we have more big hits these first three games more. than I can remember in all of Mike Riley's era. Right. I really, really believe that. And so the DBs played their best game. I thought they. I thought they did the best job uh, of breaking the year up for passes, them. being there, breaking yeah. up passes, coming into the coming downhill and tackling. At yeah, Dismuke like, had fifteen tackles. Um, Honus had thirteen, I think. Miller had a bunch. Reimer still coming in, you know, he's making plays, had a big sack. Yep. Um, ben Stilley gets the one that seals it. I know yeah. You're talking about the defensive backs, but I mean, he, I mean, that's. Yeah. And he, you know, he's the veteran. He's, you know, he's put in his time. You, you'd love to see a Nebraska kid have his moment like that. That's a game winning play. Right. Um, you know, we still are trying to find that, that pass rush from our, from our outside guys, which is probably not going to be there till some other guys get older. Right. Um, but like I see the improvement. I oh. see that just more it's more sound. It's not perfect, but it's more sound. And as long as we play sound, we we play physical, we're going to be in ball games. And it's not going to be like the times where we just got absolutely, you know, killed I, against like Minnesota last year or whatever. I totally I mean 
I mean, Frost even said it after the game. He said, everyone can see the strides the defense is taking. It's undeniable at this point. And the, you, I, what I wrote down, I mean, first of all, Nebraska's forcing turnovers, which is something that this staff has, like when Chenander and this group first got here, yeah. you know, when they asked Chenander, you know, what are the, some of the things you're, you want your defense to hang its hat on? One of the first things he said was, we need to be a defense that forces turnovers. Well, you're starting to see that. I mean, you've had two turnovers against Northwestern. You had two turnovers against Penn State. You scored a defensive touchdown. As we've pointed out, there could have been a defensive touchdown. It should have been a pick. The Miles Farmer should have been a pick six against yeah. Northwestern. But then they, they, they aren't allowing a lot of points. I mean, you're, you hold Northwestern to 21 points. You hold Penn State to 23 points. And then I couldn't agree more with your point of the physicality on that side of the ball is greatly increasing. Where Nebraska is hitting people. Like, they are... I feel like I see more big hits out of Nebraska than some of these other teams. I do, too. Uh, Our our safeties have been hitting. Um, Honus is a big hitter. Honus drilled a couple people. Colin Miller had the biggest hit of the game on, I think... uh, The QB, right? QB came through the hole, and he just drilled him. You know, and like... To see those kind of hits and to see the way we're tackling. Like, I, I, I watch on those, like, those, you've seen some of those bubble screens. Yes. And watch the way our corners are absolutely flying up and they are taking out the outside leg and forcing, they're, they're missing, but they're missing inside or they're making the play physically. That is a huge change over the last handful of years where we were soft on the edges, we were soft in the secondary. It's it's changed. There's something that's happened there that these guys have. That's where I've seen as much quote unquote development as anywhere is that. I totally agree. So I I think just you know granted because it's frost and because the identity of the program is the offense and offense is more fun to talk about and a little more easy to digest and all that stuff that w- a lot of a, a lot of people's thoughts and conversations gravitate towards the offense but even in the midst of hey what's going on with this offense what about the quarterback spot like I don't think we've talked enough about how much this defense has taken big strides forward and I I think it's just it's really exciting to see I mean it makes you feel like man with the progression you've seen on defense and still a lot of those guys from like I feel like a lot of those guys are still pretty young and pretty inexperienced. Well, I mean, Ty the, Robinson's a true a true sophomore. Right. Uh, Luke Reimers are, are what a redshirt freshman. Well, yeah, redshirt freshman, redshirt freshman. Um, Henrich. Henrich is, is a redshirt freshman. Um, the uh, the secondary sure secondary is a little more experienced. Cam Taylor yeah. Junior, but the rest are seniors. But those young guys, they're you know they came in, they're they're, they're getting better. But but I just think you're seeing it. You're so I think the exciting thing is you kind of say to yourself. Well, man, the defense is – the arrow's trending up and it's improving. Now if Frost can kind of just get the offense to – you know, not necessarily leading the country in scoring, but get the offense to where everyone kind of anticipated it would be, you got some, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you – If you we could some. ever get some – the receiver situation shirt up. Right. Which, I mean, this year I, – I, it's sad to say this year – it's hard to imagine it's going to get 
whole lot better. I, oh, I agree. I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard for me to think over the course of the next. I mean, we got a. There's a month left in the season, pretty much. I mean, it's a. Uh, to, we're taping much, this on November fifteenth. It's December nineteenth. <laughs> like, you're not all of a sudden going to have Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin and and you know, Rand, no. you know you're not going to have a bunch of. I mean, if this is if this is game two, and you got. 10 more games to go. You know what? Th- that is, I think you can make more strides. Like, you're right. We got like a month. Like, it's a month of football. Yeah. And it's over. And so, like, in a month, yeah, you'll get, you'll get better. But I just think you got to be wildly encouraged with what you're seeing on that side yeah. of the ball. And the other thing that I wanted to mention, Scott Frost said it after the game, and I felt it. Scott Frost said when Garrett Nelson missed the sack, oh, I- the quarterback – Spun out of it and then had the 74-yard bomb that got Penn State all the way down to the one-yard line late in the game. Scott Frost said, quote, it felt like the Colorado game from 2019. And then he pointed out where the, where the Huskers blew a big lead and lost. He said, today they won. That's progress. And I think that because I, I know – for me, I'm not gonna lie. I'm sure a lot of people. I mean, it's hard to not. You become after you know 20 years of of a drought, you become a little uh, cynical and pessimistic about the team. A little. <laughs> when 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 that QB when Nelson missed the sack and they hit the 74 yard bomb, I thought Nebraska losing this game. But but see, I think that's that's the part when people say, well, "Why can't people these these kids just not uh, just not think that way?" It's like, well. Can you not think that way? Because right. I know I did. I thought, God, we're going to lose here. Here's yeah. what happens. And it is really hard to change your mindset when you see something happen over and over. You go, oh, this is when we do it. Right? So you got to win more of these games to when you go, no, that doesn't always happen. We win some. we lose, And then sometimes you get to the point where you go, no, we win all these games. Well, so that spills us into how we'll kind of put a bow on all this. And it's the aloe fast takeaway. I'm telling you, the internet is incredible. The reliability, the speed is amazing. It's the all-fiber network in Lincoln and across the state, second to none. With having to work from home, internet has never been more important. I also, the T, you know, we talk about the, the TV is fantastic as well. Being able to go to any channel and rewind, I can go to the Masters and be like, oh, well, what, did, what happened on this hole with Tiger? I can go to this football game and, oh, let me see what happened on this drive with Michigan and Wisconsin or whatever. It's amazing. I'm just telling you, if you want to take your internet to the to the next level, you got to go with Aloe. Go to AlloFiber.com, AlloFiber.com. Tell them Nick Boss sent you. Okay, my friend. Um, it spills into kind of, okay, what is the Aloe Fast takeaway? What the, the takeaway from this game? Nebraska needed this win. I couldn't believe, I think it was in Dirk Chatlin's column. It had been 357 days since Nebraska won a football game. Think about that. Now, granted, that's there's the pandemic and the season got pushed back. And so is it a, it's 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 misleading but not really. The the reality is that still is 357 days in between tasting a victory. Nebraska needed to win a game. And you know what is the cheesy line of like the journey of a thousand the journey of uh, the journey of some, the, a big journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step there you go that's what it was sorry about that you saw that in a bumper sticker i right? did yeah <laughs> journey of a thousand miles i'll but remember that for the podcast wine them dine them 69 
guy. Boy, this Prius has misleading <laughs> bumper stickers. The journey of a thousand steps. This Prius is all over the place. <laughs> Wynum Dynam 60. Okay. <laughs> Bikini inspector. What is <laughs> but FBI. Uh, what is happening here? But the, the only way to be, we talked about it, the only way to become a winning program is to win. Like eventually you have to start winning some games to start building it. Like it, Nebraska's not cured and all of a sudden going to be the greatest team in the world, but like it's got to start somewhere. You know, like you got to start winning some of these games to start stacking confidence. And it's a step forward, not saying you're you're great in this tournament, but it's a step forward in learning how to win in confidence. And you pointed it out in the kind of cynical mindset of the fans, the it, it's trying to ridding yourself of the here we go again, we're gonna lose this game, aren't we? Mentality that the players feel themselves. And so it was just needed. I mean, did you have you seen the video of Frost in the locker room? Was that where he jumps into the pile? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and you can giggle. I mean, I'm sure Iowa fans are giggling. I mean, I don't give a uh, shit. It, it, it's it's they needed that. They, they needed were it. yes. Were they celebrating like they just won the Super Super Bowl? Yeah, sure. But it shows you how bad they needed it. And I, I, you know, a team that celebrates that much after win, I, I, you know what? I'm happy. Like you earned it. That's why you play the game because you. You love it's fun and you get to celebrate with your boys. Like, I, I'm happy these guys are that excited. You and I talk all the time about how much we miss playing. Yeah, and there's a bunch of different things within the whole what you miss. But sometimes what you miss the most is like there's nothing like the locker room after a win. You just it's just just not you know it's just nothing quite like it. Yeah, and far and 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 to and because. It can be so sweet. It can be so shitty. There's nothing like when you walk off that field and you just lost a gut, you know, and far too often they've had to march into that locker room after taking an L and having their heads down and a quiet locker room. And at least they, it, and, and it's just so much better to taste that win. And it, and maybe now the next time that Nebraska's defense is on the field and they got to make a big play to save the game, they can go in their memory banks and it's not file not found. And you're like, oh shit. Okay, so we've never done this before. At least now, Colin Miller, Ben Stilley, Deontay Williams, Cam Taylor, Luke Reimer, they can be like, well, f- we did this against Penn it. State. Yeah. Not only did it, we did it twice. I mean, they stuck them, they stuffed them in the red zone twice, not once, but twice. Yeah. It yeah, makes it, a difference. It does. And, you know, like you just, I don't know. We we were talking about this a little bit. Like you look around the Big Ten now, and they Penn State's zero and three, and we're zero and two, and it's a it ends up a coin flip game as usual as it always does, and we win it, and they lose it, and now Franklin's on the hot seat now in in Happy Valley, right. and we are we're feeling like things are starting to move in the right direction, all because of a couple plays. Right. So so it's like it's amazing what a win does just in terms of the the narrative around it and right and like i don't know so the fact that we can win that and build some momentum in a time where the 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 who's good and bad in the big 10 now is is flipped on its head michigan and penn state are reeling northwestern purdue and Indiana are flying high. Like, what is going on? Right. Right? And so this win puts us 
in, in a better path forward, especially when it comes to recruiting. Because, I mean, like I said, I, I think these recruits they they take notice of these kind of wins, and all of a sudden now you're it, you're back on the on the on the good guy list. You know, so it's not only is it important for all the intangible mental qualities of learning how to win, confidence, uh, ridding yourself of that expecting to lose instead of expecting to win mentality. All those things are true, but the other thing is in the moment, to your point, like you lose that game and you might lose the team for the season. Like yeah. it's possible. I mean, you yeah. look, I, I sat and watched, th- this was, this was a, for some, some about this weekend was a turning point for whether teams were going to just go in the tank or fight. You watch Michigan last night? I mean, oh my God. You look at Michigan, you look at Minnesota the night before on Friday night, Iowa just pounded them is minnesota if they law if they won a game yet i think they've won one yes they won one game they won one okay yes but you look at michigan you look at minnesota and hell now even penn state like you, it'll be interesting to see if the how much those guys want to rally for the rest of the season uh, yeah because and i feel like i've shouted out dirk 50 times in his column but like and he had a good column where he talked pointed out like all this COVID stuff is taxing and wears on you mentally. Like, you keep losing, and all of a sudden, all your goals are gone, and it gets way harder to continue to work and sacrifice your your social life yeah. and continue to make good social decisions just so you can go play in a game where you've lost all your goals and you're playing in a game where there's nobody in the stands you, you know, like I, I have a weird it, theory, and that's why Northwestern's doing well. I think because they are "quote unquote" the smartest school, and they have the like potentially the most mentally tough kids. I agree. I, 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 th- I don't know. I think, I think you have to. You know, it goes for anything, whether it's a hard workout or, um, you know, if this is like real uncle. You and I played. We played in an all-star football game when we were like in sixth grade. And it remember that it was su- it was oh, like yeah, a monsoon. Was, it was rainy. It was muddy. It was like we shouldn't even play the game. It was freezing. It was freezing, yeah. and it was horrible. And me and you were the quarterback and running back on that team. And it was like we we won the game and like had success because I truly believe you and I just were the only ones that were committed to dealing with it. Yeah, you were you were the only one that would be like, I'm not going to fumble every snap. Right, I'm going to get the snap. The other quarterbacks could not take could, a snap. Literally could not get a snap, and I was like, and you were the only person. Well, I wasn't going to fumble. weren't going to fumble, and you were going to run hard. Like, so I know that's like, I mean, wow, cool sixth grade football analogy, but it's but it's it's the larger point. Ne- I'll remember it forever. But yeah, but yeah I remember that. But I remember walking off the field, and it was like it's weird. Those moments stick with you, where it's like. We like you knew it where it was like we had success. Bo and I had success in that game because we made a choice in our head. We are going to deal with these conditions. Yeah. You know, and I think you're seeing that in a larger scale with this season in college football. It's it's bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like I'm trying. That's why when I say I have like I'm trying to understand what's going on because it's defied what's happened the last 20 years of football. Like. The good teams are usually the good teams by a wide margin, and there's an upset here or there where this year it truly can be turned on its head. LSU can just like all of a sudden not play, and you go, "What? What happened?" You know, like yeah. It, well, I, I think, uh, and then even when you like, I'm sitting there watching that. I was, I was the Minnesota Iowa game and and the Michigan Wisconsin game. The beauty of football, the best thing about football, or there's a lot of like. 
Football is a game that it will reveal your true intentions and it will reveal how much you really want to be there. You know what I mean? Like football is a sport that you can't play half-hearted and you can't play not all the way in because it'll show. And I think you look at Minnesota and you look at I at and Michigan. Yeah. For whatever reason, they don't look they look like they're not all in committed to playing. And a win so to tie it all back, a win like we saw yesterday Memorial Stadium for Nebraska keeps keeps Nebraska. Yeah. I guarantee you when they go to practice on Monday, or I don't know if they take Sunday off and practice Monday, whatever it is, when they go to the when they go to practice, they're going to be – who's going to have more energy at practice? Penn State's Monday practice or Nebraska's Monday practice? I promise you we will, yeah. And and that stuff makes a difference in a normal year, and it makes a bigger difference when you're dealing with trying to play football in a pandemic. Yeah. Right? It, it's incredible. I, I'm I, This year, I mean, it's, 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 been, it's been in its own right maybe the most – bizarrely interesting year I've ever <laughs> right. watched. Like I, I really, every game I go into going, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, again, big 10, maybe more than, and, and it's amazing that. how the, the vibes of our podcasts so far three, I mean, it's like pessimistic down the dumps. How about this? But like, I still stand by Nebraska could, Nebraska could win out. Nebraska could like lose, lose out. out. Yeah. Like, it's possible. And I couldn't – I don't have a good feel. I, I have, don't either. I don't have a good feel which way that will go. But all I know is it makes a difference in the morale of the season to win a game like that. That felt like a turning point. Like, you you lose that game, it's a – fuck this, man. Yeah, I'm it, not, like, e- I, even I, if we lose out, I feel like this win sort of just, like – it makes it makes it a little bit more okay, even right. if you have a bad rest. Like, it's something like it, – that's a good enough – talent-wise team that we beat that we go, okay, we, we we get some idea where we're at, where we need to get to. Well, and, and again, heading into heading into the game against Penn State, Scott Frost had lost 10 games by a touchdown or less. 10. That's Eventually, hard. that, like, the only way you flip that is you got to start winning some games that are decided by a touchdown or less. Yeah, maybe. And that's what happened on Saturday. Yeah, we we need to get to the point where it's 50-50 in those games, and then we get to the and point where, we're, where we start winning more of those games, and then all of a sudden we're a winning program, and it feeds off. Itself. So now, if I'm not mistaken, Nebraska is now 4-10 and in games decided by a, a touchdown or less yeah. in Frost's tenure. And you gotta you got to start establishing the right mentality and the confidence and the momentum and learning how to win. And maybe for the next 14 one-score games – Nebraska can be seven and seven. They can be eight and six. And if they go, if they can flip it completely and be 10 and four, well, now you're talking about something. But the only way you get to that point is the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That was like, a hell of a bumper sticker. Yeah, that was a good bumper sticker. It's just, you know, you have to, you got to win one, you know, like yeah. it's just how it works. So the Illinois next Illinois. Week. Illinois on Saturday, got, 11 a.m. kick. They got their first win. Yep, so they're probably feeling a little bit better about themselves. But I, I'm really actually uh, I'm pleased to see Illinois versus anybody else. Like, I think we need another game that is... Let's be honest. This is the most... Even even in spite of we, all the shit we just talked about, Minnesota and Fallen Park, like, 
this this game is still on paper. You want them the easiest game remaining yeah. on Nebraska's and, schedule because then it's Iowa the next week in Iowa. Iowa's hey, they're they, looking better than look Minnesota, maybe even Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, they they looked pretty good. Even their loss Northwestern, I watched the first quarter and like, right. they kicked Northwestern's butt for a quarter. Yeah, no, an Iowa game's gonna be no joke, but. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt that that I, that Illinois coming is good from the standpoint of listen. If you're ranking the teams left on the schedule, Illinois is probably the most winnable. But with all that said, Nebraska had to have a roaring comeback in Champaign, Illinois last yeah. year to to win. So Nebraska is not good enough to to just show up and think no. they're going to beat anybody. So we'll see. Home game though, that's good. Home uh, game. Are you going again? Uh. I hope so. Yeah, yeah you get I'll, the invite. Weather's nice. I get the invite. I'll go. Look at that. Watch Look those at balloons go up. See if you can uh, get by. If you get by Ed McCaffrey, I think we'll get you on TV. Okay, because they showed Ed a couple of times. I'll get over there. Huh? You get over to Ed for me. All right, so that'll do it. Hour and seven minutes, my man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. No baby pool stuff. We're not going in the pee-filled baby pool on this recap. Pod. People make it to the bathroom. Don't pee in the pool. Don't pee in the pool, man. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.